0: Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam, and I'm Zach, and I'm very tired, Adam.
1: <laughs> we've had you've had quite the day. Uh, this is um, the second time we've recorded this episode.
0: <laughs> At least the intro. And I just, I frankly need some good tunes and some good friends. Uh, and I figured, Adam, you're you're great, you're fun, you're fine, but oh, well. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we could uh, we could expand the party uh, today to one of our one of our dear friends. Uh, you may know her as the uh, editor in chief of Women Write About Comics. It's one of my favorite uh, comic sites, uh, and she also writes for Comics XF. It's Nola Fowl. Nola.
1: Hello, Zach. Hello, Adam. Hi, Noah. Thanks for being here. We need your help. Uh, This is week two of our Double Dazzler series, and last week we kind of went classic Disco Dazzler. But this week we're going a little more contemporary, starting with some stories from 2012. And uh, frankly, I think we could use the assist. So can you help us out?
2: Uh, Sure. Uh, My first bit of advice is don't read this stuff. Read the 80s uh, Outback stuff instead. (laughs) you know i I agree
1: (laughs) but we're skipping that stuff
0: (laughs) if we were smart people we would do that i know adam adam and i were talking in our slack earlier yesterday and we were looking at our schedule and we didn't realize how much terrible stuff we had coming up that we get to cover
1: <laughs> in, like, the be, next three months. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, so what are we starting off with today, Zach? Um, we, we've escaped the black hole with our mirror ball purses, and uh, where are we headed?
0: Well, we're going to head into another black hole of sorts. That is mm. a time loop, or a time hole, or something you get the idea <laughs> alternate reality stuff it's not that complicated we all understand it uh we're gonna go there thanks to a patreon supporter his name's will went over to patreon.com slash comics xf and said y'all i like what you're doing i like to support uh comic book journalism and criticism and podcasts and all that fun stuff that y'all do and i want to throw some money that way and that money gets funneled directly to into the pockets of the people who do the work for comics xf and we're really excited about that so thank you will uh and we're gonna talk about extreme x-men to start it out uh this is volume two written by greg pock uh steven segovia uh who does the art on hellions right now uh does our pencils uh dennis Cristiomo does our inks uh jessica cologne does the colors Uh, and there is an assist on the last issue by Paco Diaz as well.
1: Oh, this is uh, an interesting book that stems out of, um, astonishing X-Men. Um, we've talked about that particular arc, um, called exalted where while back. Yeah. We, we got introduced to, um, alternate universe, uh, Kurt Wagner, Wolverine, Emma Frost, and um, this idea that there are stretched across the multiverse hundreds of evil Charles Xavier's that need to be assassinated. And uh, they rope in Dazzler in this first issue and end up in, I guess, like Greco-Roman X-Men or Gods world?
0: Now, Nola, I've got a question for you.
2: Shoot.
1: If if they were
0: going to be killing evil Charles Xavier's, Why did they not start in the 616?
2: That's a great question. (laughs) And I mean, like, I'm surprised that this team is as small as it is, because honestly, I feel like if you just pull some X-Men and ask, hey, who wants to kill an Xavier? Like, you're going to get a lot of hands raised.
0: (laughs) I saw Uh. someone the other day on some kind of server be like, man, what if Charles Xavier was evil? (laughs) And <laughs> literally everyone said, what are you talking about? He's not a good dude. <laughs>
1: um, well, these uh, Charles Xaviers are uh, supposed to be notably worse, um, but we don't really know what the threat is when we get to this world. The, the X-Men plus Thor um, are sort of these winged cyber, or not cyber, but like steampunk gods of sorts. They just, like, you know, lay waste to the countryside for kicks. Yeah, they really they really can't seem to, like,
2: uh, figure out what specific uh, era they're supposed to be evoking. <laughs> They've got, like... <laughs> no, they, like, they don't have that down. <laughs> yeah. Like, Roman gladiatorial helmets and Norse gods and, yeah, steampunk, like you said. Which is, you know, even... Even if you're like invoking industrial stuff, because obviously steampunk isn't real. Like you're, you're, you're jumping a good thousand years ahead of.
1: It's a real mishmash. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is just very odd. Uh, the team sort of gets abducted by the gods, uh, Dazzler's strolling around and sort of, uh, swords and sorcery bikini, um, and they get rescued by, I guess, kind of steampunky, like Flying Car, Xavier, and Magneto, who are leading the human rebellion against the gods. It's Do I have a that right? Yeah, that sounds... <laughs> Listen, Greg Pak's a talented
0: creator. Uh, he's done a lot of lot of good stuff. Uh, this is not my favorite of his particular brand of work, I think it's a weird mishmash, and I don't know why Dazzler's here. I'm going to be honest.
2: You know, I think I think she's just there because nobody was using her at the time, and you know, she's she's got that kind of look that people go, "Oh, hey, you know, I'd read about her." Um, <laughs> and yeah, I I feel like nobody knows what to do with her is a lot of, is a lot of the problem. Can we talk about Dazzler's look specifically in this cuz I
0: feel like that's emblematic of nobody knowing what to do with her.
1: Well, she doesn't have a particular costume. She's just kind of in She's got the she's got the boots and the cowboy hat and the electric guitar. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like yeah. like she's wearing a, a a modification on her original disco costume, but she's wearing mm-hmm. that under jeans and cowboy boots. And yeah, she's walking around with the guitar. Um, She's not explicitly written with like a twang, but she kind of gives that vibe. Like they're just like they're just suddenly deciding to try and make her
1: country. (laughs) Well, we talked about that choice in 2012, I think. Yeah, like you're right. I mean, you just got through Bloghouse; like, you could have made her a synth star, but um, I. You know, we talked about what Dazzler actually sounds like last episode, and I think, Nola, you're right. There does seem to be this sort of, like, singer-songwriter element to the way in which uh, she's being written. And there's also the the very unnecessary addition of Johnny Ito, uh, her crush, who also exists multiversally. Um, that's an ongoing thread throughout this story as well. Um, I had
0: literally forgot he existed. He was such a nothing <laughs> character to me.
1: <laughs> and already, by the time we get done with this arc, uh, we, we've lost the Emma Frost character um, because she she teams up with the gods, and uh, we we get this big reveal that uh, the Xavier that was with them when they come, who's who's in a floating jar, he's he's playing goldfish, um, is not the bad guy. Actually, the, the hero Xavier that was, you know, supposed to be like championing the championing the people has been actually controlling the gods since the start, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a
2: real left field twist. Um, and, and you know, that combined with the whole steampunky inventor thing, like it really felt like they were trying to do Lex Luthor as Xavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Which is, uh, you know yet another thing to add to this already very weird
1: mishmash it yeah, mishmash is a good good term here there's there's a lot being thrown in um we're learning about james hallett and his previous uh, romantic relationship with the hercules of his world which is a nice. okay touch. yes
0: but governor general james hallett uh whose claws are not covered with adamantium adamantine the metal <laughs> of the gods um he rules
2: Okay, Did I, I
1: don't a, hate the characters here. I just think there's a lot of flailing.
2: My only input to this is that I bought a, a, an Old Man Logan action figure recently specifically so that I could paint the claws gold and pose it with my Hercules figure. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that so much, Nola. <laughs> That's
1: a great idea. Um, Wait. Now, I remember reading through this book and enjoying some of the arcs. Um, this is not Ye- one of them.
0: Here's what you enjoyed. You enjoyed uh Governor General uh, Hallett and you enjoyed Corporal Scott Summers, the Union Soldier?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: That's what yes. you enjoyed. Because those yeah. rules. Yeah,
2: like I remember enjoying this series as a whole when I when it first came out, but like it really doesn't hold up to a reread. At least this arc doesn't. No. no.
0: There's some there's some stuff near the end that works. This uh leads into extermination not to be confused with extermination the recent mm. event there was another one that was called extermination yes uh but with an x and it's very confusing and i don't know why they chose to do that not 10 years apart yeah
2: yeah but but that one that one was designed to end this series and the age of apocalypse one um yes from the uh, same time frame. i actually i really like that age of apocalypse one though so, so do i and, uh, but i know it's a really <laughs> it's pretty a, i know it's a really unpopular opinion
0: yeah i think i think it's kind of good unlike this series which is man like i i like i like kurt wagner i like the i like kurt being a little kid i think that's fun uh because he's just he's like he's spider-man but yeah, yeah he's an x-men so he's better yeah like a mm-hmm. little
2: kid tech super genius
0: but this is kind of a lot of nothing
2: yeah it's and, like, not even the art's very good. And, I, like, I don't want to knock Steven Segovia because I'm loving Hellions these days. But, like, this is not Hellions-level Steven Segovia. Yeah, no, it's not his best is, work.
1: This is earlier, you know, it's not not up to the level that he is right now. Um, Paco Diaz does, does an okay job on the, on the third issue, but it's still, you know, it's just okay. Um, and there's not a lot to work with here, you know. We've talked about the character designs being a little clunky. And uh, there's just a lot happening and not a lot of it has much meaning and or impact or consequence. So, okay, let's rank this one so we can get to the stuff that actually is meaty. And we well, can talk well about. there's one, yes. there's
2: one thing that, that I do want to mention that I did love and that's Magneto's okay, helmet. I want to hear it. Magneto's oh, helmet yeah. is incredible. <laughs> it's, it's
1: his normal helmet,
2: but he has a mohawk. Yeah. He's got like that horsehair fringe that the Roman helmets used to have. And it's, it's, yeah. it's
1: wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice
2: touch um
0: if i was a general in the italian army today i would i would want to be redesigned with like not a big one but like a like a guardians of the galaxy movie yondu style mohawk <laughs> of horsehair i feel like that could be a good subtle reflection of it also it would be pretty dumb but i'd like it right uh all right anyway so we many, got a...
1: yeah how many things we got on this list now
0: four hundred and sixty five on our road to five hundred
1: wow that's a lot we got we got a
0: few stories uh we're not even close to done with all the x-men stories which is upsetting uh the number one story on our list is Hoxpox. number 100 is the bendis arc of uncanny with fraser irving where they fight uh dormammu and limbo number 200 is uncanny 194 juggernauts back in town Number 300 on our list is Storm, Volume 3, Number 3, Life, Death 3. Uh, Number 400 on our list is the X-Force and Cable Annual from 1997, where they go back to Asgard again. Uh, And number 465 on our list is the Draco. I'm feeling like this is probably worse than number 300, That Storm Story, also by Greg Pock.
1: Yeah, we have um, the run that leads into this at 287 um, which is astonishing 44 to 47 um and I I think I would agree that it's not as good as 300 which is uh the that that that's one of the better issues of that Greg Pockstorm story so
0: I'm gonna well, I'm gonna name us a, a where I think we have to at least look under because I know Nola is gonna disagree with our placement of this one okay. Uh, 3.11 is Excalibur 31 to 34, Girl's School from Heck, hmm. which I feel like, Nola, you are you either really like that or you hate it, and I, I, I cannot put my finger on which. I love that story. Yep, that, okay, <laughs> that makes so much more sense.
2: We
1: know it has its its fans, so. Well, I,
2: and, you know, like, I love it, but I, I, I acknowledge that it's flawed, and so, like, I'm not going to argue the placement of it, even, you know, if I would have placed it differently. Sure. <laughs> I would
0: I would say because right around there that's at 311 312 is generation hope number four uh where where generation hope fights Akira monsters mm-hmm. uh I think that generation hope is probably better than this uh where I'm getting kind of mixed is uh 313 we have uh the Greg Wood or Brian Wood, who sucks, uh, X-Men with uh, Olivier Cuypel, Uh Primer, the first arc of that, and then District M, one through six, Mr. M, at mm. 314. I think this might be better than both of those.
1: Um, I think, you know, as a start of a series, it's it's got some good character moments. It's not really doing anything terribly wrong. Um, and I don't think it's, I mean... Right, all the way down at three thirty, we have the Jim Lee, uh, Dazzler long shot arc. Uh, the one where X-Men Jim Lee kind of just quit. Yeah, you can tell he's like really phoning it in. Um, I don't, I don't know that it's that.
0: No, know, I think it's a. I think it's,
1: I think it's got that. more substance than that. So, um, I'm fine with putting it three thirteen. Nola, what do you think?
2: I mean, you know, you've got. Uh, x-factor judgment war down at 357 and that story rules and this story is not as good as that story so i clearly i'm no help here
1: <laughs> okay we have Listen, to li- relitigate judgment war another day cause... i don't want to reread judgment war it's like nine <laughs> issues long <laughs> We don't I, hate it. It just has its flaws. I I mean honestly I kind
2: of hate Judgment uh, yeah, honestly, War. Honestly, like like this is this is a settled thing. Zach and I do not agree about Judgment War, but I had to bring it up.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. Here's the thing. We were talking about this the other day, I forget where. Uh but I often disagree with myself on this list. <laughs> like, what in the world was I doing? putting certain stories at number 39 on the list right now. We're not going to name any names about Grand Design uh, story that has soured on me as time has passed. But uh, yeah, right. there's a lot. So there's a lot here.
1: 313 is Extreme X-Men Volume 2, 1, 2, and 3. And now we're going to shoot forward in time a little bit more uh, to post-Secret Wars to Volume 2 of A-Force.
0: That's right, this is A-Force, five num- Volume 2, 5-7, through seven, written by Kelly Thompson, uh, with pencils and inks by Ben Caldwell. Ian Herring does the colors on this one. Um, I want to start off by saying the art is gorgeous in this comic, that has A-Force, a weird team involving uh, Nico Minaru from Runaways, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk... Medusa from the Inhumans and Dazzler, and also Singularity, who's a
1: character unique to A-Force. Yeah. I I really like Ben's artwork, so um, I really enjoyed looking at these three issues big time. Noah, what's your take on Ben Caldwell?
2: Uh, I agree. It is a very, very pretty arc, uh, and that is the praise that I have for it.
0: <laughs> there we go all right you're go. not wrong but we're gonna have to <laughs> so a force was in all women avengers team was the pitch because you know letting having that in 2016 was a bold and new thing apparently uh that we just we hadn't gotten around to and i think it's i think it's good that they were trying to put female creators, like G. Willow Wilson was getting a big push at the time. Uh, and she started the series, had to leave due to personal reasons. Uh, but she was she was doing a big push on this, and then they bring it over to Kelly Thompson, who was a rising star at the time. Uh, and try and give them cool stories with, you know, big characters and big art, and try to make something happen. I don't know if they were successful with this.
1: I do. I mean, they weren't <laughs> i mean the book ends by issue what like 10 <laughs>
2: yeah it's it's it didn't run very long um and yeah it's just uh, so where do i start with this like it's <laughs> obviously an all-female team is a very good thing um You know, there are multiple eras of of superhero teams throughout generations that that have been all male. And it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of wild that this had to be a thing. Um, But it's very clear that it's happening for
1: that reason and not because there is a story to tell here. Mm -hmm. Well, we do know that, you know, around the the Secret Wars pitch table, it was sort of like, hey, what can we do? Let's throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks And And I uh, think I think in Secret Wars, you know, Wilson said, Hey, we can do whatever
0: worlds we want. What if there was a world that was defined by powerful women being in charge mm -hmm. and have that flipped on its head? And I think in the context of Secret Wars, especially as a five issue mini, I see where its place was. It's when they wanted to continue that that they decided, well, let's just do the same team but in the 616 and have no reason for these versions of those characters to be around because this is the same time as captain marvel was also in the ultimates and also you know you know the head cop of space in her own book and at the same time like you've got the inhumans doing a bit of a genocide against the mutants you sure we should get
1: into that we should get into that because um the the short hand plot of these this three issue arc is that a leftover from secret wars uh which is a, a thor a dazzler thor um that has sort of like plunked through the multiverse with a giant dragon slash sorceress known as the countess and um they you know it's it's a beat up they got to go up against the countess the countess um possesses Nico. There's spells cast and they you know they have to figure out how to defeat it okay great um but there's also this ongoing thing about dazzler having empox from the terrigen cloud and how dazzler who is the thor dazzler also has it but way worse because of the the amount of infinite time that dazzler's Thor spent fighting Countess through the the multiverse or whatever, and like I'll, anyway, so we're in a con- time of continuity. where as, as you both mentioned, we're we're dealing with a Terrigen cloud which is killing mutants, and yet we have this very cartoony, like I, I guess you know the the pitch of of what Thompson's doing here is supposed to be kind of fun, lighthearted, and yet we have Medusa who ultimately in continuity will be the character that realizes suddenly that he's committing genocide and then turns on a giant vacuum cleaner to, to suck the cloud up. Right. And yet is sharing page space and panel space with a character who's dying of that same thing. With it's a two disconnect... characters. Yes. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. It, it's hard to make that cognitive leap. Right
2: yeah it doesn't it doesn't click uh like Mm -hmm. if if she is able to witness these effects firsthand which by the end of the arc you know uh they all get to see this uh why why is that not the central focus why is that not a big thing in its own right
1: right i mean why is
0: there not even a conflict between dazzler who is not known for being timid or shy, <laughs> nope. or afraid to speak her mind, why is it not a conflict for her to say, hey, Medusa, you're literally in charge of all of this and you're killing me, could you not? Yeah.
2: Not addressed. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very much like a, a don't talk politics in the workplace kind of situation.
1: Yeah, yes. it really is. Uh, it really is. Like, because Dazzler's afraid to share this news with the rest of the team, and you know doesn't want thor dazzler to say anything and it's like why right and that's a that's a
2: policy that exists uh in a lot of workplaces and often the effect is exactly what you're seeing here which is that uh marginalized people people who are suffering uh are not able to give voice to that
0: Mm -hmm. it's a it's a rough story uh just from, one, the actual story itself, it's nothing. It's cool that there is a Thor Dazzler. That's neat. It's, That's as far as it gets, is that it's neat. It's
2: cool that there's a lady who can turn into a dragon. Yeah. Okay, what does the Countess want to do? What is
0: her motivation? What is she
1: cause... the Countess of? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She turns into a giant dragon. She uh, can possess people. Yeah, she's um, she's telepathic in some sort. Sure. Yeah. But I, I couldn't tell you what she wants to do like oh she, is a, they, she is a bad guy
2: they literally defeat her with the power of uh hey you don't have to do that <laughs> right like hey you could just chill out hey you want to just you want to just have some fun
1: <laughs> oh man yeah and to be clear
0: the- she is the countess of Killville which was one of the worlds in secret wars but that doesn't even make sense with the uh actual stories in secret wars that were set in Killville which was Modoc assassin
2: well and and um, and even then i mean if it's called killville why is she a countess why isn't she a mayor
0: <laughs> that's good hey you ever think about how Modoc assassin had Modoc falling in love with uh neil gaiman's uh spawns uh todd mcfarland's angela
2: i try not to but thanks for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that reminder zach Man, um, things were weird for a while. <laughs> oh my god! You know, uh, aside from the story and the the weird like Medusa stuff, um, it is like kind of disappointing. Also, that we do get that inevitable moment when this world's Dazzler picks up the hammer and is worthy, and looks really cool for like one panel, and then. <laughs> nothing sticks you know like doesn't become a thor doesn't you know it's not like a storm moment um it's it's just there and and gone very quickly
0: this is something that i have seen a lot in thompson's writing and thompson's a writer that i've had there's a lot of stuff that she's written that i really like i like her hawkeye i love her jessica jones i think that's great but like in her current captain marvel run for example there's a very long part and there's, it happens more than once where it's, Hey, let's have this character have other Marvel characters powers, or let's see whose kid can like be a mashup of different Marvel characters. And that's one of my least favorite plot elements that anyone could ever introduce. And she loves it.
2: We are in disagreement here because uh, I do not like Kelly Thompson's writing.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I do like, uh, the the hawkeye stuff i think is really fun i haven't read the jessica jones um and th- there's a couple other things that she's written that i really like but this this just the cards are stacked against it it feels forced and it doesn't it, it doesn't work you know well, it, i'll it, look at it it feels forced
2: and um it 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 feels like it lives in a time other than when it was published uh and not in a good way it it like there's an there's a multi-panel sequence about pie, uh, you know people joking about how much they love pie and blah, blah blah blah, and it's like, you know, why are we hanging out in internet meme culture of two thousand four,
1: hmm.
2: when this was published in twenty sixteen? It's
0: <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. We were talking. Just how dated this feels, and it's only five years old.
2: Yeah, it's mm. it's it's really wild. Uh, and, like, singularity, I love the idea of singularity, but the way that she's presented here is something that I absolutely cannot stand. There are multiple caption boxes that tell me just how adorable she's supposed to be, but I'm mm. not seeing that.
0: I don't know if well, this she doesn't,
2: is a... She doesn't get to do anything. Right, she doesn't get to do anything, and I'm seeing, like, like that... that Quirky as shorthand for adorable. And, like, Mm. you can't just do that and expect us to believe it.
0: She's a naive baby. And that's all. And in the other two A Force, or like the other two A Force arcs before this, the Secret Wars one and Wilson's first one, she at least had, like, yes, she was a baby and, like, a brand new creation that was part of who she was. But she at least did something and, like, grew and had to make choices to, like, Say okay, you're you're new. What are you going to do with yourself? And that's not who she is here. And that's yeah, yeah
2: that's kind of a bomb. and I mean you know that's that's sometimes a failing of ensemble casts. People you know characters get re- reduced to kind of one note performances, um, and I get that. But at the same time, like you've got to find a baseline where she works on her own, and she doesn't. She only she's only there either as a a plot device for Nico. Or as you know, uh, quirky dialogue. Mm-hmm. I also I also don't like
0: Nico's role in this because I'm a I'm a big Runaways fan. Love Runaways. Do not like that Nico is possessed immediately, and then all she is is evil and possessed for the whole thing. Yeah, it's so that a witch can be better at being a witch.
2: Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, and you know, she's like at the at the end of, at the end she says something like you know well you 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 took me first because you knew I was the biggest threat and um there's a dazzler who's also a thor <laughs> yeah
0: again big fan of uh Niko Minaru. her power is she can do anything one time and at this point, she'd been a superhero for 12-ish years. So there were a lot of things that she just couldn't do anymore. So maybe uh, maybe Dazzler Thor or, you know, Captain Marvel or an entire universe girl in Singularity might be a bigger gun? I don't know. Maybe
2: a little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess She-Hulk's there, but She-Hulk's just really good at punching good. I do like the She-Hulk. I like all the designs because Caldwell gives everyone, like... A twist on their costume mm-hmm. uh that's the affection i have for this book and i know everything else is bad and that that's disappointing yeah
2: like part of that There's part not. of that even for me like i was looking at that uh like the she-hulk design and uh I, my immediate thought was that wow i wish she was bigger which i'm i'm approaching self-parody at this point i'm aware
0: yeah but, you and you and big green Widow.
2: <laughs> uh... but uh
0: we, we should have brought you on for the big Lorna episode. You really should
2: have. Um, but even that, like, you know, I got a little bit of that thanks to the 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 spell and the Hulk smash. And, and like, it was fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was just, the, like, the actual character stuff around it was not good.
0: So how not good do we think this is? Would we put it below that extreme story?
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think the extreme story is trying some new stuff, and um, you know, the best thing that I could say about this particular arc is is Ben Caldwell's kicking butt with the artwork. But I I can't get over that you know that logical disconnect that I have to have to to make this team work in my head. It doesn't work. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out here. Yeah.
0: Um. From around the same era, we have all new X Men four through seven, where the uh, original five X Men go to Paris and they fight the Blob and then also uh, Mm. Toad for some reason. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's another kind of nothing, empty calorie story Mm -hmm. that has huge disconnect. Um, I I don't think this is quite as bland as Uncanny X Men Annual number eight, um, which is the magic and space story which is just kind of like nothing happens there and where's that at
0: right Uh, below it or right yeah yeah
1: yeah i i (sighs) think that's a good place for it but i might give this the edge just because of the ben caldwell art so maybe this is our new 364
0: i think so nola how do you feel about that uh hopeless bagley era of all new
2: Um, I haven't really liked Bagley, um, on most things, so, you know, uh, where would I put this?
0: Yeah, just, uh, just thinking, because we got that, you know, that's at 364 right now. Right above that is New Mutants, Volume 3, 1 through 4, Return of the Legion, which is the start of the Zeb Wells run that takes a little bit to get going. It's like a diesel diesel truck. Takes a bit going, but once it once it hits, oh it keeps on chugging.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think right in there's probably a good place to put it. Um It's it's it just doesn't have much to recommend it. Like I wanna like it. it
0: really I like I don't I don't actively despise this, but it's <laughs> it's not what you it's not what you want.
2: Yeah. No. This would be the first pick if I was like building a, a, a set of uh, comics to give away at a birthday party or something. Yes. Like, like yeah, I don't mind letting like, go with this at all.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> someone someone's going to find something to like about yeah. it. All right, 364. We can do that. Uh, okay. We, we're going to do the last one. This is the most recent solo thing Dazzler's been in, and I think the most recent Dazzler thing that we haven't ranked that we're going to talk about here. Uh, This is a one-shot that was originally supposed to be part of the Marvel Legacy relaunch. Remember when Marvel thought that the best way to to sell comic books was to put big numbers on them instead of little numbers that had been working so well? Which
1: time? (laughs) They do that all the time, Zach.
2: Yeah, they've, they've reversed position on that so many times.
0: Yeah, I don't think... My position on it is that people like little numbers and the people who like the big numbers are going to deal with the little numbers anyway
2: my my <laughs> position on it is that uh the the series that had been long running should never have restarted their numbering that said once that cat was out of the bag um i i i like the way they're doing it currently where they have you know like the 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 latest volume of x-men but then they've got that little legacy numbering in the corner so that you you have both like the, the the low the small number is right there obvious but if you're you're looking for where to place it in your overall collection you've got a
1: reference i can see i can get behind that. that my only issue is that when they don't count right it's like, wait. that's all the time, though. Adam. I'm like, this is not the 300th issue of this. This is not, you know, it's like, yes, let's figure this out, people. Are you implying that um,
2: Marvel was being dishonest at at releasing Marvel Comics number 1000?
1: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, what hope. happened to
0: Marvel Comics <laughs> 2 through 999? That's kind of what I want to know.
1: Uh, this well, is not that, though. No, this is,
0: uh, released in 2018, Dazzler X song, uh written by Max Visaggio, uh with art by Laura Braga. Mm-hmm.
1: Um
0: and in this Dazzler is having concerts. Uh and there's some inhumans who want to come to her concerts and some mutants don't want the inhumans at her concerts because well again the aforementioned recent genocide uh and Dazzler says everyone should get along, and she says, I don't really have to be a superhero. I can just inspire people with my uh, punk rock singing. And I think Laura Braga does a really nice job uh, drawing pretty pictures in this one. I think, I think I like the art, and I like the design of Dazzler. Uh,
2: I do like Laura Braga as an artist, and this is a fantastic issue artistically.
1: Yeah, drawing is great. Uh, Rachel Rosenberg does a nice job with uh, the colors on this. But uh, talk about disconnect. I mean, we just got you know introduced to this idea of Medusa being on the same team as Dazzler, and Dazzler sort of ignoring the fact of of Medusa and the Inhumans' actions. Um, this is an issue that actually features Dazzler shouting to a crowd, "Inhuman solidarity." <laughs> <laughs> like what uh, is going on yeah. in this issue? Yeah, she uh she
2: does that. She uh she makes explicit mention at one point of uh anti inhuman nonsense. Um hmm. and it it's just Oh boy. Um Well, I guess we should just get right into this, shouldn't we?
1: We we should we because really this s- is the yes. this is the core of this issue. There is not much going on here um yeah so let's let's just
2: dive in noah yeah 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 so the plot is um like zach said there's there's a, a mutant girl and she's got an inhuman friend and they want to go to a dazzler concert and um it for for very obvious reasons all of the mutants at this concert uh do not want inhumans there um and the way that it's presented in the story is that the mute the the mutants at this concert are being bigoted are being intolerant um and that you know the inhuman girl is just she just wants to have a good time and and like i get that i get i get the mindset of it um she's a youngish girl she's probably not responsible for the genocide herself she can't help the fact that she's an inhuman alongside everyone else because by this point you know the terrigen mists have been released and they're no longer like selectively picking who gets to be inhumans um but at the same time the inhumans at this point of time i can't even remember is it is the the is ivx over by this point or is it still IV, going
0: IBX would have been over by the point that this was actually released and I it think was it would have. It was initially going to be published in January 2018, so that would have been that would that would have been after. Yeah, that would have been after. Uh, yeah, X Men Gold was about a year in. Okay, so yeah, that was after IBX.
2: Okay, so so it's not a current ongoing conflict, but like it's very recent that Inhumans and the process of creating Inhumans represented an existential threat to mutants uh Mm -hmm. and by that i mean uh it sterilizes them it kills them um and you know this is on top of uh m day and everything else like it was a bad a real bad time for about a decade and a half for the mutants uh as opposed to the real bad times that they were having before that um, right, the different bad times. Yes. <laughs> right. Um but you know, like like they had been facing a series of genocides, um, or removal of powers, which is removal of powers by way of removal removing the X gene, uh, which is a kind of genocide in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can't present an inhuman protagonist in this story. As harmless when they represent something that has thus far been responsible for killing and sterilizing mutants um, on a large scale, Uh, because that's a big problem. Um, Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not just people are dying from this disease that's floating around. It's something that was created by people with the knowledge that this is what it does to mutants and was allowed to exist um and i kind of get the metaphor here um it it's trying to present this girl as a different kind of marginalized um, mm-hmm. in the way that there are different subsets of, of, marginalization, uh, in real life, you know, you've got, uh, queer people and you've got trans people like me. And, um, there are subsets of like, there's, it's, it's even a, a bigger deal in the UK right now than it is here. You've got the LGB Alliance and stuff like that, which are, you know, uh, they're hate groups, uh, who want to ostracize mm-hmm. and exclude trans people from, uh, queer culture from from marginalized culture um and this feels a lot like it's trying to lay over that framework it feels like a lot like it's trying to present this inhuman girl as another type of marginalized who is just trying to get along and just trying to fit in and that is to an extent true but also She's part of a group that is responsible for genocide. It's not letting tra- you know. It's not the the metaphorical equivalent of le- of letting trans people come and eat at the table. It's the metaphorical equivalent of letting the wolves in the door.
1: Well, and we in the conversations that we had leading up to this episode, um, and, and I'm really glad that you're joining us for this, Nola. We we talked a little bit about this idea of. Uh, safe spaces you know and different communities having those safe spaces um and i feel like that's where this metaphor kind of breaks down here is the you know the the mutants in this story want that safe space for themselves
2: yes um
1: and the problem with saying hey let some of our inhuman pals in is is there's a core issue with that as an ongoing story conceived. And that is that the history of those characters is really based, in many ways, in eugenics, yes, in how they were created, how they continue to be created, and then what you know. I I don't think by any means that John Hickman decided in the Infinity crossover to release the Terrigen bomb. Uh, and then expected that this was going to be like the consequence of that story making decision. You know, I think it was, hey, we're going to create some new, cool new characters and we can get a Ms. Marvel out of this, you know? Um, unfortunately, it was turned into another legacy virus. And you're being asked in this scenario to say that these inhumans with this very, very disturbing backstory are going to be the same kind of you know, marginalized group as mutants, which they just, they aren't. They aren't. Um, the, the, the inhuman culture first off
2: is it's, uh, generally an opt-in one, or at least it was Mm -hmm. up, up, up before you know, these major events. Um, it, it also is requiring the group that was the, like that, that were the victims of this, the mutants. Uh, it's, it's it's like it wants them to reach across the aisle and and accept these people um Mm. and there is a a specific perniciousness in asking victims of uh genocide and victims of hate crimes to to open their arms and accept members of the groups that that perpetrated those things Mm -hmm. um and like I said, this girl probably has nothing to do with that. You know, she's she's a whole cloth creation for this story. She's she's fictional in her own right. She she didn't exist before any of this. Um, so she probably you know very probably doesn't have any kind of uh, background that ties her specifically to the things that happen to these mutants. But that's not the point. You know, it's she, it's that she still is a member of this group. It's that she still, like, is, God. I'm working myself into a point where I I almost can't articulate here. Uh, This story story makes me angry.
1: Well, and we've also left out the, the part where there's a mutant who is clearly articulating some of the things that we're talking about, and Dazzler kicks the crap out of him.
0: Yes. Well, he's um, he's presented he's presented as a neo-Nazi. Right. Like, yes. He he is he is in every way like the Nazi punk. Yes. That's that's how he is coded in this
2: story, and that's a weird choice. It's it's real weird. It's it's very uh, it's very Antifa or the real Nazis.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's. It's frustrating because this is, you know, this story has so many issues that, you know, the mutant metaphor is pretty not great, like, at a granular level, beyond general oppression is not good. Mm -hmm. And as you push it into this and trying to use that to speak to very specific, trying to speak to very specific fictional continuity, and then trying to relate that to other real world groups that have legitimately actually suffered and saying just get along coming out in 2018 at the same time people were putting out articles that said you should befriend your local neo-nazi or whatever yeah like it just it just sucks yeah and this is this is the last and this really is the last like in humans and x-men story and i'm so glad we never have to bring it up again it just
2: yeah and and it's
0: frustrating yeah
2: and all of that in context of a writer who is um like formerly uh formerly was attending a seminary was uh, an extremely right-wing conservative catholic um
0: mm-hmm.
2: who prior to all like prior to this stuff like like you know obviously with her transition and, and everything else things changed for her but she still has a lot of that in her background, and the thing about that stuff is, uh, as a as a lapsed Catholic myself, uh, there are ways that that's, that that teaching affects you, and you don't realize it. Um, and there are ways that it carries through in the choices you make creatively, in the things that you write about, in the in the positions that you write about them from, and those are things that have to be challenged it's a constant work you have to address the places that you're coming from you have to address the the biases that you've been uh that have been ingrained in you um you have to do that work to be actively you know anti-racist actively anti-fascist and this kind of why doesn't everybody just get along you know why doesn't everybody just uh, have a good time and just forget about the fact that you know one group tried to kill the other? Like, that's very much a a sanitization technique that is used mm-hmm. by large religions. That is, you know, um, used by these organizations who just don't see a problem with all of that stuff because it's all in the past. It's like the uh, it's like the American Red Cross. Um, you know that that symbol does not represent charity to a lot of the world uh, mm-hmm. because you know it adorned the armies that uh, attacked uh, you know what was the Ottoman Empire and stuff like that at the time you know all the Crusades right. and everything um, there is this this desire on the part of these organizations now that, we have a global culture and a global memory that they just would like to move on, um, and they would mm-hmm. love to do that without uh, bearing any culpability for the choices that got us – that got them where they are, into the into the positions of power that they're in.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're literally as, – as this is recording, we are seeing that playing out in, like, U.S. politics. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where one side is saying, "Can we just move on from all of our people trying to kill
2: yeah. all of yeah, you?" Yeah, you know what about unity? In insurrection. Yeah, what about unity?
0: Right. It's it's frustrating. It's frustratingly common, and it's a it's a story beat that I wish someone would have sat down and like questioned beyond just saying everyone get along
2: because this
0: is i'm this is the wrong groups to use them for that i'm
2: actually curious about that because uh i know when this dropped that there were rumors that there uh that there were problems with this before it released um but i don't it
0: was supposed to come out like nine months ahead of. yeah it
2: got delayed like a long time and i'm really curious kind of what the uh behind the scenes talk is on this issue because um, it's it's very far from where it was originally meant to come out, and um, with the problems that we can clearly see in the script here, uh, I really I really want to know why it had to be delayed, what had to be changed, and what it was like before all of that.
1: Yeah, I I think what is really important is to contextualize this particular time period with this this comic with this particular time period, because it is important to note that editorially there was no long term plan after Secret Wars. There was obviously some sort of mandate to make sure that Inhumans were much more, uh, you know, front and center and that X-Men were going to be sort of, you know, If they were not allowed to be sort of front and center, maybe this is a movie rights issue, whatever it might be, but they're being pushed to the side purposefully. But we never really, there was no grand plan behind the scenes. You know, we have these dangling plot threads like Cyclops is suddenly supposed to be, you know, uh, Hitler, you know, he's supposed to have done this terrible thing. Well, it turns out they didn't know what that was. And when it happened, it was terrible. You know, um, so all of the IVX related stories really were meaningless and didn't give any context or thought to any of the stuff that we're talking about right now. It was just, hey, we have these two kind of characters. We need them to fight at a certain point. So there's going to be these character interactions. And, oh, boy, we really have not thought about this long enough to really understand what we're dipping our toes into. Yeah. Um, And I think this issue is extremely symptomatic of that problem um, to the point where there's no understanding of what, you know, the groups could potentially represent um, metaphorically, literally, however you want to look at it. Um, So it's it's a huge mess. Sure.
0: (laughs) It is. Um, We got a lot of huge messes on this list.
1: We sure do. (laughs)
0: i th- i'm gonna say this is probably worse this i say probably this is definitely worse than like the paul Jenkins kubert origin story which is dumb and doesn't need to exist but isn't like doing anything harmful at 422
1: um how do you feel about it compared to dazzler the movie 447 which uh, when we talked about it last week i think we agreed was incredibly misogynist dazzler the movie's really bad yeah it is really bad um it does have beautiful art so i don't think we're complaining beautiful about art. the art on either of these but um i i i have to like agree that you know we're we're just delving into like a, a very ill thought out you know, period of time in the comics, and this is, there's a reason this got shelved for so long. I think, yeah. you know. So I mean, we we've talked right below Dazzler. The movie
0: is X Factor, multiple births. Ooh, that's uh, thirty nine that and forty. Really bad. That and that one has we've talked about. I have specific like that one. That one hits it problematic things that impact me personally. Hmm. Uh, so I. I am more impacted by that but I'm curious, you know, Adam and Nola what your thoughts are because I think we're in the right area. And this is the worst stuff to rank cuz you it's like okay, which of these bad things is worse?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um see see you've got some you've got some stuff that's like way down here on the list because it's like early X-Men, like, you know, you've got volume 1 number 30 and volume 1 number 28 way down here at 450 451 and and like those are bad but at the same time like they're products of their time. So while I would not really rank them very high, I would I would mostly have problems with them for being mediocre comics from a long time ago that I'm just not interested in reading. Hmm. Um,
0: that Banshee one is weirdly racist against Irish people, which I is I mean as an Irish
2: uh, like confounded as me. an Irish person, okay fine, we can take it. <laughs> Uh, you
0: how do you feel about this compared to say
1: man everything's all right personal opinion i think that the recent we talked about recently deadpool versus x-force which does feature very very overt <coughs> nazi symbolism and has deadpool as both a confederate soldier and a nazi in the story i'm gonna say that's worse than this story That's that's i think that's my opinion yeah no i think that tracks (laughs) so we're in between are we saying dazzler the movie and deadpool versus x-force here
2: yeah i think that's a good window for it
1: all right so where's it going
0: how do you feel about the matt fraction uh greg land sisterhood arc
1: Uh, i hate
0: that
2: I remind me because uh, my my biggest thing with Matt Fraction's X Men arc is that I don't remember most of it.
1: That's the one yeah. where uh, the ghost of Madeline Pryor uh, uh, sexually assaults Cyclops, correct? Don't love that. I'd have to.
2: Don't love that. Yeah, I that. don't love
1: that. <laughs> that's why it's really low it's bad
2: okay so so i think i think what we were thinking before is is between 445 and 446 it's probably good. between dazzle the movie and between that x factor story All right.
0: great let's go there and none of this is good yeah. <sighs> there's, a, there's a weird chunk where it's like like right at the bottom everything is horrible in so many ways that like i can just deal with it cuz it's like known horrible stuff
2: yeah uh, yeah, like, like that, like
0: that, like right near the end is. Ugh. Yeah. All
2: right. Okay. Jeez. We
0: need to turn the fun back on.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks no so luck. much for asking me to read these issues. <laughs> really appreciate okay, we'll that.
0: Have you, we'll have you. We'll ha- listen, listen, <laughs> we'll have you on for good stuff sometime uh, in the not too distant future because I've had a really good time. Uh, chatting with you because you're very smart and I like your writing and all that stuff. Well, thank Whatever. You. We're friends. We can say we can say nice things and you have to accept a compliment on record now. So that's cool. <laughs> uh, but uh you know really glad that you could join us. Really glad that Will went over to patreon.com slash comics XF and threw a little bit of cheddar our way uh to get get this stuff talked about. Because I I even if it's not always the most fun, I really do appreciate uh you coming on and talking about some of this stuff because i know when we were talking about this i was struggling with the right way to do it and i'd rather get someone smart like you who could just do it
2: well thank you i'm 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 happy to help i guess i guess happy's <laughs> no, a word I- Noah, we'll, where... we'll,
0: get you, we'll get you back for one where you don't have to help. You can just enjoy it. <laughs> yes.
2: And that'll be, be, be great. more festive. That'd be great.
1: Uh, Noah, if people want to find you, where can they find you? What, what uh, kind of stuff are you working on?
2: Uh, you can find me at Women Write About Comics where I am usually writing about comics. Um, you can sometimes find me in Vulture where I am also usually writing about comics. Yeah. Um, you can find me yelling on Twitter about X-Men and large green-haired ladies uh, at Nolafow. <laughs> First name, last name.
0: Awesome, uh, Adam. You're still at Arthur Stacy? and you're still making
1: comics, folks. You can always uh, find me at Arthur Stacy on Twitter. And uh, Zach, what's going on with you and Comics XF?
0: Uh, nothing's going on with
1: me. Comics
0: XF has uh, been in the news recently, which is weird. That's true. Uh, my my mom was like, "Hey, Zach, why is your website in the New Yorker?" <laughs> Why is, your, why is your website in the Guardian?
2: Because we're Zach. Why is your cool.
0: website? It's been a weird week. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, but the website's great. We've been doing a lot of really cool stuff. There's a when this goes up, let's see. There's a fun interview with Jordan Bloom about Modok, uh, head games with some exclusive art from the upcoming Modok TV show. Uh, there was a really good article about Sword Number Three that uh zach Rabaroff, who's been on the show and uh someone nola uh, nola nola you uh nola also wrote uh, that was fantastic and i really enjoyed uh we just listen there's a lot of good stuff there's a great article about eternals number two that karen charmed and uh zoe did and it's great uh go check out all the cool stuff because comics xf is just doing whatever now, and I'm loving loving the ride. Uh, it's also on Twitter at Comics XF. Never try and find my personal Twitter; I will ignore you. Uh, <laughs> next week, we're we're. Oh my gosh! Okay, hold on, because I have to edit myself right now. Next week, we're going to talk about some very specific aliens, uh, from Breakworld and. Some of the stuff that goes on with that, we also get to see Colossus be a sad boy, uh, which, you know what, maybe he deserves. Uh, but until then, once again, Nola, thank you so much.
2: You're very Thanks, welcome. Nolan. Thanks for having me.
0: But until next time, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience.